Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. Um, unfortunately, the second wave hits South Africa and gift of the Givers Eastern Cape COVID-19 interventions intensifies as infection rates accelerate the cry of desperation, the anguish of uncertainty, the reality of, inc- you know, just absolute desperation that we hear coming out of the Eastern Cape. We are going to be speaking to Dr. MTS Suleiman to just give us a sense of what he's observed over there. And it's interesting. I think a little bit earlier on, you heard um, a-, a promo that uh, comes from Uda Kar- also's show where he was interrogating authorities in the Eastern Cape and there was what sounded like absolute denial. So Dr. MTS Suleiman, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. M- uh, Dr. MTS Suleiman is a founder of Gift of the Givers. Dr. Uh, Suleiman, w- what did you find when you went to the Eastern Cape? Good afternoon. Afternoon, Pamela. Uh, no, it, it was, you know, it was horrific. Mm. You know, it, you, we need to, in our, my business, I need to see if there's consistency in messages. Mm. And over the last few weeks, We've been getting consistent messages from CEOs of many hospitals and clinics from the Eastern Cape. And all with the same message. You know, we've got no PPEs, the numbers are rising, they're crying on the phone. Now, people who are in medical profession don't cry on the phone. Mm. This is what you do in business, this is your business. Mm. You know, you look at sick people and that's what you do. Mm. You know, so you, you shouldn't be crying, that mm. is in the wrong field. Mm. And, and, it, and it, for it, all it comes from one area or two or two areas, it's fine. But when it starts coming from the big hospitals, from the big cities, and I know the small hospitals are generally neglected, that's strong mm. anywhere in the world. Mm. But you know, in, in, from the big hospitals that start happening, something is wrong. So I decided to go myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've been there before, and mm. I, I went again second time. And it was like, it was scripted. Mm. Every place I went to, we don't have staff. We don't have PPEs. Staff have been promised to us. See the casualty. See, we have to put more chairs and more beds here. The patients are flowing in. Look at outside. They're coming from everywhere. We don't have enough beds. We don't have enough oxygen. The funeral parlors are busy like never before, small and big in all sizes. This afternoon, four people died in the casualty. Yesterday, six people died. They died even before we could see them, before they could, medical mm. care could get to them. And the consistency in the story, we are exhausted. Mm. We are tired. The medical people, they asked me, they said, you know, six of our nurses are positive. So we are six less in the staff. Mm. The patients are coming more. We are exhausted. Tell me, they ask me, they tell me, is it possible for them to get sick a second time? Mm-hmm. They got sick just two months ago, mm-hmm. but they're sick a second time. Mm-hmm. Is there no, no immunity against the virus? Mm-hmm. I said, no, there's no immunity against the virus because it can happen more than once. And they said the second time, they're more sick than the first time. You know, Dr. Sunman, that for me stood out because that's the, that's the message that I think we're not hearing. People are getting sick for the second time and they're saying it's harder this time around when, they, when they're diagnosed uh, with COVID-19 the second time. Yes, but it, it, it's a disease that's different. You know why? Because emotionally and mentally, this thing drains you. Mm. There's anxiety because they said, they called, I, I'm at the hospital. Mm. The next day, I phoned the doctor, what's wrong with you? Why do you sound so down? My, our dermatology uh, doctor's wife just passed away last night with COVID. Mm. A nurse that was serving for 20 years here, dedicated, died in a bed in the house. You know, and, and stories like that come up all the time where the human element is forgotten from the medical point of view. Mm. And people who are reckless and saying this is a hoax, you know what, I need you to take you to the hospital to see for yourself what's going on. The medical staff are exhausted. And if they eventually feel they got burnout, there's nobody going to be waiting on the front line. You're going to be inside those wards with no doctors.
we told that um, you know when when there is a request that says send out um, into government, they're told there's no more money. You have to just wait for the next cycle of funds to be available, which is next year. Yes, yeah, I mean every hospital told me that. You know, I went there, and before they weren't talking. The doctors were not talking. Now everybody's talking. Not only the doctors, everybody's talking. I went to settlers last week, and I said. What help do you need? Settlers is a hospital in Makanda. I said, what help do you need? They took me. Everybody came. They said, look at this. This wing was set up by a private hospital some time ago. They walked out four months ago. They said the government owes them 300 million. The government says they don't owe them any money. So they locked everything, mm. pulled out the things from the wall, and just walked out. Jeez. So they took me in to see the place. I said, business needs one tap here, one plug here, one wire there. They said, you can requisition. Nobody reads your email. If they do read your email, they tell you, sorry, no funds available. Maybe we'll look at it at the next funding cycle. Mm. I said, but this is a horrible hospital. The, the crisis is now. It's not next year. We need to do it now. That's what disaster, emergency, and urgency means. It means now. The virus may not be here next year. You know, so they said, but what can we do? So we took on the project. We, we saw them on, uh, on, on, uh, I think it was on Thursday or Friday. On Saturday, the building team was in. Today, they finished. 750,000 in innovation. They got a massive wing now available for patients in settlers. And then the clinic doctors called, those in charge of the clinics, mm. they said the numbers are rising in the areas. The clinics need support. They need PPEs. They need all kinds of support. So mm. the numbers are just rising in, in areas. What they tell you in the hospital is true. And, you know, every, and then I went to another hospital. I won't give the name. Mm-hmm. And I tell the lady, you know, Madam CEO, how's it going here? She says, bad, bad, bad. So I said, what do you mean? Are your COVID beds, beds full? She said, the hospital is full. Mm. I said, you mean the COVID beds in the hospital? She says, the hospital is full. Mm. I can't tell you numbers. Mm. I'm not supposed to say that. Mm. But I said, you mean your whole hospital is full of COVID? Mm. She just nods her head. Dr. Suman, you you have a plan, and I've heard about this plan, um, to say, well, when we are at this point, there are certain things you can do to go in and help. Have you been allowed to assist? Well, to be honest, nobody ever stops us. That's a good thing. Wherever we go, as much as we know, we speak out and say the truth. Look, we're not criticizing anybody. Mm. We, we're dealing with the issue of the, the problem. Because there are people in the health department, you know, in government, who identify with what we are doing. We are not here to, to, to score points. Mm-hmm. People are going to die. Mm-hmm. And we are here to help people who need help. The government, anybody who needs help, we are there to do it. Because we know that disaster is our specialty. I've been doing this for 30 years mm-hmm. now. You know? And all we need is simple interventions. They need number one, and I said this in March, not now, mm-hmm. in March. I said that, you know, when you're putting somebody, preparing for, for uh, COVID, there's two critical, three critical elements. Number one, support staff mm. because if you haven't learned from Europe and America then you are sleeping mm. because they have the best facilities in the world Not but they couldn't cope yeah. because they got burnout the staff got burnout and our staff already had burnout without COVID-19 mm. Mm. the problem with the trauma and alcohol you know that was already a problem mm. before uh, COVID so you needed to put extra staff which never came you said you got enough PPEs we supported 200 health facilities in the country and every place we went to they came out and they were dancing outside the hospital when the stuff uh, uh, mm. came. Now, surely you're not going to dance if you've got enough stock in your mm-hmm. warehouse. So that is the second thing. Thirdly, it's a, it's a disease of oxygen. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. this is COVID, because of that. There are some other complications, but 
it, predominantly it's a disease of oxygen. Mm-hmm. Then you, know, you get deep oxygen supplies required in the lungs. A lot of places said we don't have enough pipelines, we don't have enough oxygen. To be fair, it caught everybody by surprise. Mm-hmm. That's understandable. Mm. But we had several months to fix this thing up. Mm. We shouldn't be in the crisis we have now if we did the job properly in the last eight months. <laughs> so wh- what does this mean going forward, Dr. Suleiman? Well, you know what? It's, 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 a, it's a real crisis situation because now there's no funding. Mm. Government says they got no funding. Hospitals say they got no funding. Provincial government say they got no funding. The virus, we said, is the epicenter is in, in, in the Eastern Cape. It's climbing in the Western Cape. Today in Durban, Marisburg, it's flying all over. You know, so it's more and more provinces are getting hit. So, and, and corporate companies who could give money don't have business. Yeah. So we're caught up in a real catch-22 situation. But there is a silver lining. Mm-hmm. You see, you don't need one guy to give you 10 million rand. Mm-hmm. You need able-bodied South Africans to say the 60 million of us. Mm-hmm. If each one of us say, okay, some people don't have food to eat yes, now, so 60 yeah. million is a big figure. Yeah, yeah. 10 million. Yeah. Yes, you know, Give a 50 then or a 20 then. Mm. Don't give a million then. Mm. Don't give a thousand then. Mm. Don't give 500 then. Mm. Give 50 then. Mm. That money will make a difference. We can't save everybody. That's the reality of life. Yeah, sure. You can't save everybody. But you can save somebody some way. And it requires small money, yeah. not big money. Yeah. And it requires a combination of money. And if companies want to give you a mask, if somebody wants to give you oxygen, if somebody wants to give you equipment, all that adds value. Somebody called me two days ago and said, look, I've got 100,000 three-ply surgical masks for you. I mean, that's a huge contribution. Yeah, yeah. The building, so the guys who did the, the renovation said, this project is worth 1.2 million. But you know what? We'll do it for you at a cheaper price. Mm-hmm. We did, Mitchell's plane renovated the whole hospital for 10 million, where it could have been 60 or 70 million. So people where they can give their time and their efforts, they're giving back. So it's saving you money. And you know, where you're getting, and people are saying, okay, it used to be 25 rand, I can now give it you for 15 then. So they are playing their role. It's getting cheaper prices and more buying, and we can all do that. Okay. The other thing I need to tell people today, mm. don't think that this is a disease of old people, of people of comorbidities, mm. of people who are obese, who have diabetes and hypertension. The second strain is going for young people. It's, it's, it's attacking all over. And people who are... I spoke to a guy in Devon right now who's trying to arrange a mask. He said, you know what? How do I talk to my friends? They're telling me this is a hoax. Mm. And he said... I showed him the hoax, uh, the hoax. I've got two friends, very well, no disease in their life, lying dead in the hospital. And there's no hoax. Mm. I really appreciate you just emphasizing everything that we've been trying to tell people for us, you know, for months now. Um, and I'm going to direct people to your website because you've just made such an important point. If I add my 50 rands and all of us add our 50 rand, some can add 100, maybe more. It all adds up. And this is the kind of help that you're asking for today. Yes. And I'm asking South Africans to be responsible. I'm, I don't attack anybody. Mm. But how do you have a festival with thousands of young, hundreds of young mm, kids mm, who just come out from a mm, trick. Mm, but, you know, and they say, it, you're being careful. Who can be careful being drunk? Mm. What kind of logic is that? Yeah. Dr. MTS Suleiman, the founder of Gift of the Givers. And I think, go to the website. I think every little bit counts. Thank you very much for that. One thirty. let me go to Uzi Lissakov for the latest in headlines.